0: That's it right there. Give God a shout of praise. We say to the Lord, You are our Lord. We have no good apart from You. We have no good apart from You. We have no good apart from You. So we give you thanks, Father, for your kindness, your faithfulness, your goodness to us, a people so undeserving. We thank you for the way that you have just buffered up our lives with your loving kindness. I ask, Father, in our time here today, that any good that comes of it would clearly be by the work of your Spirit. pray for the ways that we need encouragement in our hearts of building up a conviction that you would bring that to us so that the fruit of this time would also be good, would also be what makes us look more like Jesus. We ask you for help with this because we cannot do it on our own. We love you and we offer you this time and in your name we pray. Amen. Good morning, Sanctuary. My name is Jennifer Votsit, and I am the director of Connections and Care. And today, I get to help us kick off a brand new series on the Sanctuary Five. You might see these great banners behind me, Um, and the title of our series is called "Bearing Witness." The Sanctuary Five. Some of you might be able to just rattle them right off. For some of you, they may be new. But having these words, these concepts to orient around, the goal is that it would help us demonstrate who we bear witness to in the world. Who do we belong to at sanctuary as followers of Christ? And when we engage with one another intentionally in these ways, hopefully we are looking different from the world. So today I get to get us started with the word connect, because connect kind of makes sense to go first. Being connected is key to really helping us move into the rest of the Sanctuary 5 well. And I'm going to be honest, um, as I've been preparing for this time with you today, thinking about the word connect and connection, there's kind of two things that have been sitting heavy in my mind. First of all, how important it is. It's vital. Second, it is so hard. It's hard for me. So why am I the one talking about this? Little imposter syndrome talking about connection today. Because friends, it really can be a lot of hard work sometimes. I feel that. For some of you, it really energizes you. You love a new person. You are able to go deep very quickly. Thanks be to God for those of you in our midst for whom that is very easy. We need you to carry this for us at times. I love those of you that when surrounded by people, you are like, let's do this. Others feel the most alone when they are surrounded by others. Some of you in this room right now Maybe feeling very alone, even though you are here with all of us. Maybe it has been a theme in your life to feel that way. Maybe this season is extra hard. Maybe your life has shifted somewhere recently and you don't even know how to try to connect in a new way that fits that. Maybe you're new to sanctuary and you don't even know where to start. Maybe you've been here for a while and you have been trying, but you are still feeling a little lost. Maybe you just struggle to find the people energy. You're exhausted by life. You're, you're a little more introverted. Maybe like me, you watch the show alone, and you think the foraging might take me out, but I would dominate at the isolation piece. <laughs> Maybe you've been burned by your connections in the past. And every little step that you are taking to try to connect right now is actually a very monumental act of you trusting God. I feel you there. The reality is that the effects of sin are the, that's the thing that makes connection really hard for us. Because in the beginning, Adam and Eve, they rebel against God, and their first response is not to move toward God to connect with him. It's not even to move toward one another to make it right. Their first response is disconnection. They run and hide. God has to come find you. Where'd you all go? Then they refuse to take ownership in order to keep healthy relational connection with one another. Nah, she made me do it. It was the serpent. It wasn't me. Sin. Friends is the reason that there is relational disconnection. It's the reason this is a struggle. But God did design us for good, healthy connection. We need one another, we need Him. The first time that God does not delight in a part of His creation is when He realizes His child is alone. That not good there is a word of delight and pleasure. There's something that he's not yet happy with, something that is not yet complete. And so his remedy is that he would be connected with others in order to do God's good work. So whether the need to connect is something that really excites you, you're excited for us to talk about this, or if you're squirming a little bit right now, I want us to look together together at what healthy, authentic connection is supposed to bring to the table so that we as Sanctuary can work this out together in a way that bears witness to the God we follow. So if you would please scroll or flip in your Bibles with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. Some of you might need a minute to get there. Anybody read Ecclesiastes recently? It's, it's one of those books for me, I'm so glad it's in there, but I have really different emotions about it depending upon how my life is going. Sometimes I read it and I am yes and amening the whole time. Yeah, what is the point? What, why is this so hard? And then other times, honestly, can you say you get annoyed with people in scripture at times? Because sometimes I get a little annoyed, like it feels a little whiny, I think you just got to get over this, but... Either way, either way, if any of those things feel like that's where you are, maybe read Ecclesiastes this week. But I'm glad it's in there. We need that permission to be able to be honest with God in our processing and our struggles. So this portion that we are going to be in is in chapter four, where he's uh, sort of talking a little bit more about how it looks to relate properly to others, And so we're going to start in verse 8. So if you would join me and read. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling? He asked. Why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless. Miserable business. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands... Is not quickly broken. This is the word of the Lord. So, first thing I want us to look at in verse nine is that connection, friends, brings reward. Working together with others brings more fruit for our labor, it brings a greater return. The more hands, the more we can get done and in better time. It's just kind of logical in that way. But now some of you, like me, may think, so I definitely see that, but do you mean all the time? Because I was that person when in school would deflate, when a teacher would say those dreaded words, that now we are going to work in groups. Like, I even feel it a little bit now. <sighs> I could do it faster on my own, people bog down the process, I am going to have to figure out what everyone's deal is, and I'm probably going to end up doing more work to make sure it's right. Anyone feel me a little bit there? And you know, sometimes I was right. Sometimes it was a disaster, more frustrating than it should have been. But sometimes it ended up not just okay, but really good. People were better at different things than I was. The end result was better. It made me check my judgments of others. Did you know that we can sometimes judge people wrong? (laughs) Maybe just me? It also opened me up to others that I would become closer friends with and maybe would not have even approached them before. Some of the work that was produced was work on me. Because people can be tough, right? They can be difficult to work with, deal with, and handle. And by people, I mean me, (laughs) and I actually mean you too. None of us is never difficult for anyone. And I, I know that about myself because I've lived in this mind my entire life, and if I exhaust and frustrate me, I'd be delusional to think I'm not bringing that to other people at times. But if I only ever work in isolation because of that, how are the things that need growth in me going to be revealed and then worked out? We need the friction, we need the pushback, and we need the tension. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So part of the good reward of working with one another in connection is that you are being opened up to being sanctified, and bless the Lord often by those who are the most challenging. So who are you connected to that's really difficult in your life right now? Who are you working toward the same goal with, but how they are doing it is really frustrating, doesn't make any sense for you? You're actually convinced that they are wrong, and they need to pivot and change? Maybe they do. But what you do in your response will reveal a lot about you and it can bear witness to who your Lord is depending on what you do with that. And for us here at Sanctuary, there's this deeper imperative as we get to be in community with people that are very different from us. And part of our vision is that we be reconciling people back to God and one another. We are in community here with people that maybe all grew up in the same neighborhood, but you grew up in different Americas. You grew up experiencing different freedoms. The people sitting around you right now have different traumas, different income challenges. They're experiencing physical and mental hardships. They're coming from very different church experiences, family histories. We have a gift here of routinely hearing and being able to seek out perspectives that are so different from ours as we are laboring together to bring God's kingdom to bear. And so when there is a rub or pushback or when something rises up in your body, this is a gift, that your connections here are revealing something about you that God wants you to see so you can work it out to look more like Jesus. We bear witness to Jesus when our responses are cloaked in humility, gentleness, patience, and repentance. So what is surfacing in you, in your connections that are creating some friction right now? What may need to be repented of, surrendered, worked on and out? How can you be open to the Spirit in that process? Part of the reward for our labor, together not just what we produce tangibly. It's our refinement in our growth together. God, in how he crafted this syllabus of life, he has it containing mostly group work. Big sigh of acceptance for some of us. And the group work of connection is a gift that bears great reward in the body of Christ, and it shows who we follow. So second, I want us to see that connection brings restoration. Verse 10. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up." Okay, so this is an image of any kind of falling or tripping, body, mind, spirit. So if there is a cause for falling for any reason, it benefits us to be connected to others. So when there's lapses in judgment, when you are dealing with some family conflict, when your physical body is failing you, when you're going through different mental health struggles, when you have a job loss, when you're experiencing grief, when you're dealing with some financial struggles, when you have some bad theology or some flawed thinking, when you're dealing with a habitual sin, when people are harming you in any falling. Connection with others by the power of the Spirit should help restore you and pull you back up again. When God created us, it wasn't this, well, y'all better get good at pulling yourself up now. It wasn't even a, let's just see how you do on your own for a while. Straight out of the gate, it's, ugh, yeah, so you're going to need help. I'm going to bring this in pretty quick because God knew. And knowing our tendencies when we experience any kind of falling can be really helpful. People, I think, can tend to a couple different things. And I see it in my role with care here. I also see it in myself and others. Is that when you are experiencing some kind of tripping up in life, do you withdraw or do you overshare? We're a complex people. We can oscillate a little bit. But is there one that you tend to go to more? So for the withdrawers, withdrawers, Okay. Uh, That's my tendency. There can be really different reasons for why you want to pull away from connection when there's a falling. Sometimes the reason for the falling, it's all us. We feel shame. We feel maybe kind of ridiculous about a bad decision. We trusted the wrong person. Maybe we don't want to go down the path of repentance, so we're still too busy trying to rework the narrative in our mind to justify us being in the right. Just spitballing here, you know, if that's you. Sometimes when things are happening to us that's really heavy, we might even be struggling to understand what's going on. We are too overwhelmed. It's tough to even know, how do I even reach out? Maybe you're one of the people that a lot of other people come to when they're falling. And so you actually do have a pretty great capacity, and you have kind of lost sight of what is my point where I do this, where I get to extend the hand. So if this is you, consider how can you do better at the reach out? Because connection with the right person in that moment of falling, when you're bruised, bloodied on the ground, just the connection is restorative. This isn't just you only need people that can fix your problems. Sometimes, and I would think maybe more of the time, what's restorative is having a genuine connection with you in what you are going through. How much in those moments is that Christ with us, in and through one another. So fellow withdrawers, let's not miss out on the work that Christ is doing and what he's offering to us by pulling away. And hang on to those friends that know that when you go dark, they gotta get a little aggressive and really come after you. So while some of us might struggle with the reach out, some of you are really good at this. Thank you for that, because if the community you're connected with is going to be able to care for you, it's hard to do if we don't know what's going on. Just be wise in the reach out. While some hide, others may overdo it, overshare a little bit. The second anything happens, mass, test, mass text, post on all the things before you've, before you've even taken a beat with God before you've even really absorbed what's happening. Just be mindful if this is your constant desire. Are you prayerfully and with wisdom considering who am I connected to that God has given me that is actually restorative for me with this particular thing I'm going through? Or does having that attention and focus from others just serve to numb you from the consequences of the falling that you're experiencing, because that's not going to restore you. And when you share in a very broad way, you're inviting a lot of voices, a lot of input, a lot of opinions into what you're experiencing. Bad connection is just as likely to come as good. And if you're in a space of vulnerability, are you really at those peak discernment levels to be able to filter through that? So just be wise, friends. Take care, my oversharing friends, that you're not counting bad connections with being true restorative connection. Do the hands reaching out actually want your full restoration? Or are you just some kind of faux entertainment for others in a way that actually caters to your ego in the moment? Proverbs 12, 18 says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So we bear witness to who we belong to when we reach out for connection that's wise, edifying, and restorative when we're falling. Third, connection brings rest. Verse 11 says, also if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? So, This is this image of on this journey of life, when the darkness and the cold of night arrives. The way to find real comfort and safety and rest is through being connected with others. Jesus would often go off alone. Introvert Me loves the passages where Jesus goes off alone. But in his dark hour in the garden, he invites his friends with him. This actual cold, dark night on his journey, he seeks, Jesus seeks, people to be with him. Brothers can't even stay awake, but the point is, is Jesus wants them there. Here's the kicker. This one, makes me like a, this one makes me a little squirmy, okay? Because to have the kind of connection that provides the closeness and intimacy and trust that is meant here requires openness, honesty, and that very scary word, vulnerability. For your connections to become ones that can bring comfort and safety and rest when life is very harsh, cultivating those close connections, friends, it's a risk, right? It's a work that requires for you to be deeply and well-known, exposed. Some of you, thanks be to God, have these kinds of connections in your life right now. Some of you need them, and this sounds really scary, because you are going to be hurt by people at times on the path to building the connections that can provide a real rest for you in this life journey. And some of us have been in places where connections we were providing comfort in hard times, and then something shifted. The place that was once the safest became the place where we were taken advantage of, manipulated, abused, betrayed. So now, the task of working at deep connection that can bring a real rest, it's too daunting. The pain and the hurt, it's too fresh. In the position I'm grateful to serve in here at Sanctuary, I have a lot of conversations with people who are just trying to figure out, how do I get connected here? What can I do? And I've had several of you in my short time here express hesitations about how quickly or where to jump in because of what you have experienced with your connections in your previous faith community. And I'm always really grateful when you share that with me. I actually feel uh, very humbled that you even feel safe enough to say that. Like that's a step alone. And I really do understand the pain and wounds from broken connection where it was once a place of safety. So always, always take the time you need. We honor that, and I think all of us should hold that tenderly here on behalf of one another. Take the time you need, we circle back. Just make sure, if that is you, that you are actively seeking your healing. And I'm saying this as someone who's had to do this in church space several times already, okay? There's nothing short of God's grace that I'm here. Because as your open wounds begin to heal love begins to drive out that fear. That's always been my prayer for myself when I end up in this space again. God, help your perfect love drive out any fear here. Immerse yourself in the truth of who God says you are and what he calls you to, and rebuke the enemy because he is striving to keep you in isolation. He wants you alone on the cold, dark night. And we bear witness to the power of the Spirit By choosing a path marked by forgiveness in order to be able to pursue healthy connection again. When you've been hurt like that, you have to choose active forgiveness. And uh, forgiveness is hard. I wasn't even going to go here. Forgiveness is tough, right? You feel like you're, I'm not going to, it's letting them off the hook, right? But it's not. Remember, forgiveness is for you. Forgiveness is freeing you up to be able to trust others again. You know that passage, I think it's Matthew Matthew 18, right, where Peter's like, how often do I forgive people? And he thinks he's like being all, this is how I see Peter, right? He thinks he's like really overshooting and Jesus is like, well, actually seven times 70. I, when I read that, I don't think, oh, there's like 490, is that seven times 70? There's 490 different ways I can forgive you. I often think this is me saying, I'm gonna have to forgive you this many times for that one thing, right? When you've really been hurt by people, especially in a space that was supposed to be safe like a church community, I'm gonna have to re-forgive, re-forgive, re-forgive for that same thing over and over again on my path to being freed up enough and healthy enough to engage in connection here fully. Forgiveness has to be a part of it. In Acts chapter one, there's this spot. We're not gonna go there, but you can if you want. There's a spot, it's like verses 13 and 14. So Jesus has just ascended. It's this kind of first gathering of this little tiny early church plan. These people have been through a lot, right, in the last 40 some days. They just, Jesus went through all that stuff. He was there, now he's gone again, They have this huge task before them. And listed in Acts 1 as being present there, the disciples, minus Judas, and Mary, the other women who were following Jesus, and his brothers. So just over a month ago, Jesus' mother watched him endure this horrific death trauma at the hands of the state. And most of his disciples bounced in his darkest moment. Peter claims, I don't even know him. How much was it salt in the wounds for Mary, who stayed there till the end, enduring that? It had to be excruciating for her, watching her son go through that. And on top of it, his followers, his, his, his people are gone. And here they are together. I think this, it's always, sometimes I get stuck on these side parts of scripture, it's not the actual story, but I read that and I'm like, they're together, y'all. Mary could have said, that was too toxic, I'm out. She could have said, you all are not a safe space for me anymore. She could have created a healthy boundary and I would have been like, yes, Mary, valid. But here they are, together choosing to be connected in God's good work in close community in a tough season. The gospel has the power to intimately connect people once fractured by betrayal, abandonment, and hurt, and to give us safety with one another again. The gospel has the power to help us work through our past hurts So we can open ourselves up again and be vulnerable to form connections where we are known enough that this is a space of true rest on the journey. The gospel is enough. Fourth, I want us to see that connection brings resilience. Verse 12 Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. The cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So this is having connections when an enemy attacks. The cord of three strands is not spouse, spouse, Jesus. Not knocking anyone's braiding rituals at their weddings. You do you, okay? Just telling you, the language here, is meant to be this idea that the cord of three is representative of many. Like, three is not a top number. It opens it up to more. The more, the better. There should be many. And the more there are, the stronger that you are. Many makes it harder for the enemy to take you down. You're more formidable when connected, more resilient to the attacks of life. You need others to watch your six physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and you're meant to be watching out for others, guarding each other, facing adversaries together. Sometimes we might have a hard time even identifying when an attack is happening, what the enemy actually is, and you need others who can spot what you're missing. You know when you're in something so deep it's hard to actually see clearly what's happening. I've had friends in my life that have had to come in and say, just so you know, this is what's going on. Because when you're really immersed in it, you need those people who can come from the outside and help you work that out. Being in survival mode can be tough tough to discern at times. The many we need in order to be resilient in the face of adversity, it's not just a numbers game. We need many different kinds of people that we are connected with. Don't be connect with your connections just being in your age group. They look like you. They live in the same community. They've experienced the world in the same way. Because there's a massive amount of diversity in the kinds of attacks and enemies and challenges in this life. So you're going to need reinforcements who are savvy in the ways that you are not, who see the things that you miss, who've experienced the world in a different way, who are gifted where you're not. Listen, y'all are really smart. You're on it in some ways, but you're missing a lot too. There are ways I'm never going to be quick, never going to be skilled, never going to be perceptive. I have blind spots. I don't even know where to begin with that. But the spirit knows, and so God help me not miss the diversity of connections he's guiding me to work toward because I need y'all to fill in my gaps. Strands in the cord of connection that the spirit can work through to keep me protected and resilient where I am not strong or aware or skilled. Having our connections be the same as us, it's easier. Makes us more comfortable with ourselves and the way that we are. We love us some us. Affinity groups kind of make sense in the world. We do need those people. There's a different kind of voice they can bring. But we bear witness, sanctuary, to who we trust, who we are aligning our lives with when we seek to intentionally build Christ-like connections into our lives that don't make sense in the world. Connections who are not like us, that require us to take risks to get close, that require us to step out of our comfort zones to be working on ourselves. This creates connection that keeps us resilient when the variety of attacks in life come our way. So as we wrap up here, I want to just acknowledge again, seeking connection in a way that can be authentic, it's really hard. It's really difficult certain times and seasons. And so if you have been feeling that way, you are not alone. For what it's worth, take heart. It's that part is not just you. I think we can often feel like we're the only one who's struggling there. But also, Accept that the path to genuine connection that brings reward and restoration and rest and resilience, it takes work together. And sometimes it might not feel worth it, but super introvert here who's been through her own stuff, I'm telling you it's deeply worth it. Choosing to work toward authentic connection Instead of isolating or giving up is a way of choosing the path that God designed for you. It's choosing a path of Jesus instead of one that is marked by our own apathy or pride or fear. So I encourage you, prayerfully and honestly consider where you need to work on connection in your current season. Practically speaking here at Sanctuary, if you're new, you can join us for Starting Point after the second service today. Uh, in about a week, we're going to be seeing what our life groups are for the fall. Don't miss the events coming up. Consider the many places you can serve. When you're trying to connect and you're struggling, it's not going to happen if you're not doing anything. You've got to try some stuff out. Make the effort. If it's not working, pivot. Pivot and find your people, and trust God in the process. Seek places where you can learn and grow here. And also be sure that you are pursuing your own healing in this, so that you are a healthy connection for other people. True connection, it's beautiful, it's restorative, it's powerful. It bears witness to the power of the resurrection when life-giving connection is able to come from broken, sinful people that are surrendering to the Spirit. We show the power of the gospel when we are pursuing healing on the path to authentic connection. So let's not miss this opportunity together, Sanctuary. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you that you know the needs of every person in this room. You know the ways and the spaces that each person here needs to be connected to others in your body. You know better than we do what it is that we need and we thank you for that. Father, we thank you that it was not your will that we would have to do this life alone, And so I pray for the ways that those in this room may be needing a connection that really helps them be seen, cared for, that you would provide that. Father, you know those in this room who need each other sitting here. I pray that you would be the one that builds up this body in this way. Help us to be mindful of each other. Help us to really be listening to each other, perceptive of the needs of those around us here. Father, I thank you for the ways that you have provided great people and connections in some of our lives. And I pray for the ways that we need to continually be working on ourselves so we are in fact life-giving to others. Give us the strength, help us to be aware of the work that needs to be done on us in this. Father, I pray that you would encourage our hearts in this today. We thank you for this church, for this body of believers here. May we grow closer, connected to one another, not Father, so the name of sanctuary looks good, but so that you look good. We ask for you to do this work because you need, we need your spirit to make it happen. So we pray your, your hand and your blessing upon us in this way. In your name we pray, amen. If you are sitting here in this room and you need a little more space to process or pray, there will be members of the prayer team up front to pray with you after service. I would encourage you to, uh, to do the reach out to actually allow someone to enter into where you need prayer in specific ways today. For those of you who are maybe not going to be staying for prayer, I would just ask that we be mindful of keeping the space um, a little quieter for them. Let's take our conversations and our fellowship out to the lobby. If you would please stand and join me for the benediction. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or imagine, to him be glory both in the church and in Christ Jesus now and forever. Amen. Go in peace.